0: Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, welcome back to Crossroads Church. And I believe week number four, I just want you to know that we do things different here at Crossroads Church. If, you're, if this is your first week, uh, it, it may not look different to you, but to everybody else, it, it's a little different. And so um, the first thing you heard JC mention that um, we took away the tables that had the offering plates. We don't pass a plate here at Crossroads. We normally have the plate sitting out and you can drop that in on your way in or out of the service. Um, today we are uh, celebrating. March sixth was our sacrificial, a one-time sacrificial gift, and we—I have challenged you as a church to listen to God and and see what He wants you to do. And I hope that you'll be obedient, not for me, um, not even for our church, for what God will do in your life. Uh, many of you are going to be amazed at how real God uh, becomes and how real. He inserts himself into your life, into your family's life. And I don't want you to miss out on that. And so at the end of the message, will the worship team will come back up and they'll uh, sing a song. And when they do, um, I'm going to open up this chest down here. And I would encourage you, if you brought an offering, even if it's just a, a regular offering, if you'll bring it forward at that time uh, while we sing that last song. Um, I would, th- there's many of you that give online. And I'd like you to be able to participate in this, and I would encourage you to pull out one of the envelopes and um, just write on there uh, uh, something and bring it and put it up in here because I want you to be a part of uh, what's going on, whether you give through our uh, online vein code, whether you give through Cash App, um, or if you give through Cash or checks, I'd encourage you to uh, bring one of those up today. Um, and let me say this as well, uh, don't feel uh, compelled. Um, this is, uh, we want people who God has spoken to, um, and I have been preaching, and I will preach anytime I talk about giving, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and it says, let everyone give as they have um, set aside in their heart, not out of compulsion, all right? And so, there. I have no gun with me, um, I'm, I'm going to let you leave today, um, one way or the other, but here's what I believe, that you all are going to be absolutely amazed at what God is doing in our church and is about to do over the next couple of weeks. The second thing that we're going to do differently is, uh, after that song, I'm going to come back up here and I'm going to invite many of you who have asked about um, becoming a member here at Crossroads Church. Normally, we don't do this. We, uh, you, matter of fact, I don't know that any of you remember the last time we presented anyone for membership. Um, I quit doing that because I've never presented someone for membership and they got voted out. (laughs) All right. But uh, some of you have been asking about joining. um, And so at the at the end of the the first song, I'll come back up here and I'll make it very plain. And if that's you and you want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to come forward and allow me to present you to the church. Um, If you have a prayer that you're looking for, um, I'll be up here uh, during that time as well. Uh, ready to pray with and for you. Today is week four of I Believe. Week one I challenge you with, I believe in the future of our church. Folks, I know that God has an incredible plan for Crossroads Church. He, his, it says His word does not come back void. He has challenged many of us, and we have stepped out in faith and God continues to open up doors for us. But when I preached that message, I brought a couple of points out. Number one is I asked the question that the children of Israel were asking, and that is, which God are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God Jehovah? Or are you going to serve the God of your fathers on the other side of the river back in Egypt? I also asked, are we willing to take the land that God has promised us? I think that there are things that, that are going to get done in the city of Centralia that are going to affect your neighbors, that are going to affect your coworkers, that are going to affect probably your family. Are we ready as a church to step out and boldly take up, take God up at his promises and keep making a difference and increase the difference that we're making in our community? And then I boldly stood up here and told you, as for Carrie and I, we are going to serve the Lord. No matter what happens, we are going to be faithful to the calling that God has put on our lives. And I want to lock arms with those of you that feel the same way. That you want to be a part of a church that wants to make a difference. Week two, I challenged you with I believe in generosity. Uh, In that I I said that 2022 Crossroads Church was going to give more than this church has ever given in a single year. Many of you, that probably means nothing. Um, Well, I want to tell you this. Today, we are going to give more than we've ever given on a single Sunday, probably in a single month. And then last week, I shared with you I believe that God wants it all. God doesn't just want your money. You hear that a lot. Matter of fact, uh, some people only come to church a couple times a year, and they, they say that every time they come to church, the pastor preaches on giving. And and that may be an accurate statement. Every time they go to church, the pre- preacher preaches on giving. Um, but they don't realize that he only preaches on it once or twice a year, or once every couple years. Let me Let me make this clear. God doesn't need it all. He won't take it from you forcefully. He wants us to willingly obey him and trust him. You see... What he wants is our heart. And so this week, week four, I'm going to close with this, I believe, and this is the Sermon on the Amount. You can laugh. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard of, the, the, the Beatitudes. I want to talk to you about the Sermon on the Amount, and the amount matters, and I'll show you why. If you have uh, one of those I Believe cards in front of you, I would challenge you to pull that out of the, the seat back. This is what they look like. Um, The key verse for this whole series has been Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And I just want to read this to you off of the card. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine. Now, I don't know if you sometimes listen or hear the words that God speaks in his scripture. He says there, immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. If you've been around me long enough, you know that I can ask or imagine for a lot. God has given me a big faith, and I'm not afraid to step out in that. God has never disappointed. There's been many times where I've disappointed God, but God has never disappointed. This week, God grew my faith even more. Before this series was started, I had set aside on the calendar I wanted to fast and pray for 36 hours leading up. So at noon on Thursday, I started fasting and praying, praying for each of you, praying over this worship center, praying for your families, praying for the needs. Those of you who put prayer cards in in the last two months, you got prayed over a lot this week, more than normal. And just a few hours into this time between me and God, God grew my faith. And I want you to know that God is ready to grow yours too. But you got to give him a chance. The closing of that verse says this, according to his power that is work within us. You know, I think that most of us want to see God work. We want to see God do something powerful. But many of us balk when it comes to God working through us. It's okay. We want to see him work in our neighbors. We want to see him work in our family members. We want to see him do things for our children. But when it comes for us to actually follow through and live out what God has challenged us to, sometimes that's easier said than done. Ephesians 3.20 says that if God is going to do anything, it's going to be through us. And I believe that's why God has brought us to this point as a church. That He is He has prepared you. He has prepared this group corporately that is together, and He is ready to use us to work through us to transform the greater Centralia area. If you would uh, pull your Bibles out and open to Mark chapter twelve, verse uh, chapter twelve. I'm going to start reading in verse forty-one. If you came here this morning and you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, underneath the seats in front of you, there should be a Bible. I'd encourage you to pull that out. Uh, In that Bible, um, if you don't own a copy of God's Word, there's a message for you. And if you open up the first page, it says that if you don't own a copy of God's Word, we want you to make this copy that you're holding in your hands yours. Basically, you just put your name in it, take it home with you, and next week we'll have another one sitting out there. If you have one of those Bibles, I, if you turn to page 1043, you'll be right where I'm about to read from. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury. Now, most, of, most people get a little nervous when it comes to giving in the church. Um, we don't want to know what people to know that we're giving. We don't want them to know how much we're giving. And we certainly don't want... Um, people to be sitting right in front of the offering plate with a chair watching us put money in. They didn't have envelopes back in Jesus' day. They they, they were carrying, and everybody could see what they were carrying. If it was a wad of cash, if it was a lot of coins, and if it wasn't. And it says, he sat down opposite the treasury. Who's he? Jesus. Jesus sat down opposite of the treasury, And he watched the people putting money into the offering box. And many rich people put in large sums. And I just want you to know that today, there are many rich people who are going to put large sums in the offering box today. But that's not necessarily what I want to preach to you about this passage. In verse 42 of Mark chapter 12, it says, And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. You know, I'm convinced that there are many of you who have been coming the last four weeks and you have been telling yourself that the amount that God has put on your heart isn't enough. You probably beat yourself up saying that, you know what, um, I I don't know how God can just use this $10 or this $20 or this $50 or this $100. You know, Ronnie's talking about a big amount and I don't know that my little amount makes a difference. And what I want you to know is uh, I want to take that burden off of you today. Because we're only responsible to give what God has put on our heart. If you give more than that, you're not obedient to God. If you give less than that, you're not obedient to God. If you listen to what he has challenged you, that's what obedience looks like. In verse 43, he says, He called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing. I have no doubt that today what we read about here in Mark chapter 12 is going to reoccur in Crossroads Church. I'm not going to be standing here watching what you put in. But Hebrews 7, 8 tells us that Jesus receives everything that we put into the offering plate. And just like he was sitting across from it 2,000 years ago, I believe that as we put our offering in today, Jesus in heaven is going to receive that. And I I think that he is going to reach over to Peter. Peter, you remember that day 2,000 years ago? Here's, oh, I remember that day. Mark, do you remember that? Yeah, Jesus, I wrote about it. And if God was going to rewrite Scripture, there would be some of you in here today that God would point to and say that you gave more than anyone else. Verse 44. For they all contribute out of their abundance. So i about the rich people. I, I would dare say that many of us are giving today, and, and, and it, it's a larger sum than we've ever given before, and I dare say that it's probably not sacrificial. But there are those, just like this poor widow that is spoken about, that out of their poverty they have put everything that they had, all that she had to live in. And today there are many who are giving out of their needs. Because of what they give today, they're gonna have to make decisions on do they eat out this week or do they uh, eat what's left over? Many are gonna have to make decisions on um, altering their lifestyle for two weeks until the next paycheck comes in. Why? Because they trusted God. And I'm here to tell you that God will not disappoint. Why? Because God is a rewarder. God cannot not reward you. I know I'm not supposed to use a double negative. And you English, not, I mean, uh, God cannot not reward you. I don't know about you, but I like commercials sometimes. And Geico just seems to, I don't know who they're hiring for their commercials, but they got some good commercials. And uh, one set of commercials that they uh, did was, um, it's what they do. And, and so they have this uh, horror movie, uh, people who get into horror movies, they hide behind chainsaws. They make poor decisions. It's what they do. Fishermen, they tell tall tales. It's what you do. The ball stops by. You act like you're working. I made this one up. It's what you do. <laughs> Geico, if you use that, I want some royalties. If you're a cat, you ignore people. It's what you do. One of my favorite cartoons was a far side where it, had a dog and it said Fido sit Fido lay down Fido roll over and it said what the dog hears and all it was was Fido blah 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 blah. Fido blah 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 blah, Fido blah 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 blah. and then it had underneath it it was a cat and and that cat was you know uh Charlie come here Charlie sit down Charlie don't do that and it said what the cat hears and it was just blank they didn't hear their name they didn't hear anything else those of you who are cat people you know it's true the last Geico commercial that I saw that I loved in this, it was the Waltons. And the Waltons take too long to say goodnight. It's what they do. And I'm here to tell you that God cannot not reward you because it's what he does. He doesn't do it because I'm telling you that. He does it because in Hebrews 11:6, 6, God pinned these words. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, some of you may think, well, that's Hebrews. Let me tell you what he said in Jeremiah 29, 13. Seek me, and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Deuteronomy 4, 29 says the exact same words. Proverbs 8, 17 says, those who diligently seek me will find me. Luke 11, 9 and 10 says that those who seek will find. Those who knock, the door will be opened to. Those who ask, it will be given. But the reality is this that Matthew 6, 21 tells us that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And what I want you to understand that it is not about the amount, it is about the heart. The heart, excuse me, the heart behind what we give. Today, this morning, early this morning. the verse of the day popped up on my U Version Bible app, and, and so I pulled it open, and it and it was this: Joel two twelve. And I would encourage you, if you have a smart device, that you download U Version. It's free. Um, if you look under events, you'll see our church there, and you'll see this message there. But today's verse of the day on U Version is Joel two verse twelve. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. You see, I believe that this whole series, I believe, was all about us returning to God with our whole heart. Because many of us, we have loved God with our time. We have loved God with our talents. But we've held back on loving God with our treasure. That's the simple truth. Folks, we're not any different than most other churches in America. But let me finish reading, because I, I I got this. Have you, have you ever gone online and you you started looking at something, and I mean, like you're 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 looking. Let's just say you're looking for a Bible verse. And you Google the Bible verse, and then all of a sudden, an hour later, you're reading why the stripes are on the zebra the way they are. Well, I, I went down this wormhole, but I, I went down the wormhole of Joel chapter 2. And so I, I pulled open the rest of the chapter. And in verse 13, it says this. I'll, I'll read 12 again. yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your what? Hearts. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. In verse 13, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You see, that's the God we serve. We serve the God who is gracious. He's gracious to us when we hold out on him. He's gracious to us when we draw a line in the sand and say, God, I'll do all of it, but I won't do that. Not only is he gracious, but he's merciful to us. God doesn't give us what we deserve. I remember there are many whoopings that I deserve from my dad I didn't get. My sister took a couple for me. She was here a couple of weeks ago, and, and we were laughing over this. Um, I love maraschino cherries. It, 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 it's a bad, I, I love maraschino cherries. Put them in the refrigerator and cool them off. And, um, and so as a child, uh, I would wait until the, can- the jar was opened. And you know when the jar was opened, right? You get the pop, the seal. I would wait for that seal to be broken, and then I would start eating maraschino cherries. Every time I walked by the refrigerator, I'd open them up. I'd, at first, I'd be going down in there and grabbing the stems. And then once that was too deep, uh, I started using a fork to go down there. And one time, um, my dad said, who ate all the maraschino cherries? I did what any young brother would do, and I just looked around for somebody else. And my sister raised her hand. Now, my sister ate some of the maraschino cherries. And she knew that when she opened up the jar, it popped. And so when Dad said, Who ate the maraschino cherries? she pled guilty. I took a step back. My sister took a whooping beaten back in those days she didn't realize because then after her whipping she saw there was one left and she's like well dad i didn't eat all of those <laughs> I took another step back into the room <laughs> god is merciful to us he's slow to anger And he's abounding in steadfast love. God loves you. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make him love you anymore. And there's nothing that you've done or will do that will make him love you any less. That's the God we serve. That's the Christ that we want to magnify today. Verse 14, Joel chapter 2 who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind. Church, I believe this, that there are many of you that need to return to God with all your heart today. You've been holding out on him. You've been dipping your toes in the water. And God is calling you back. And God is reminding you that he is gracious and he's merciful and he's slow to anger and he loves you with a love that you've never experienced on this side of eternity. And I believe that when you return to him, he will leave a blessing behind. But the way that we return to him is with our whole heart. And so I want to challenge you, church, that today as you give rest in this, that Jesus sees your heart, not the amount. Some of you have put a big amount on there, and I'll just be blunt with you, it's not big enough, because that's not what God told you, and you've been wrestling with it for quite some time, for the last couple of weeks. God is blessing your heart, not the amount. Some of you are struggling because it is a smaller amount, and you feel like it's insignificant, and I want you to know that God is going to bless you because of your heart, not the amount. And this is not a one-time thing. This is a principle throughout Scripture that we read over and over again. What is that? It's all about the heart. Mark chapter 14 verses 1 through 11 share a story that I believe really eloquently shows us the comparison between amounts, the comparison between our hearts. Mark chapter 14, verse 1. Now the Passover, excuse me. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. I don't know if you realize what that means, but what what that's really talking about is in less than a week, before the week is over, Jesus will have been crucified. And it says, The chief priests and teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. Verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table of the home of Simon the leper. Now, (coughs) remember this. That if they were at somebody's house that used to be a leper, it'd be okay. They wouldn't be visiting Simon the leper if he was still a leper. Why do you think that Simon was no longer a leper? He'd encountered Jesus Christ. He had been part of one of those multitudes where Jesus healed him right where he was at. And so here is now Jesus reclining at the table in his home. And it says a woman came with an alabaster jar. I'll just beat you to the punch. This is Mary, the sister of Martha. This is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And she brought this alabaster jar, very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Do you know what nard is? It's oil. They didn't have perfume like we know it today, and so they used what we use today, essential oils. I believe that this is probably frankincense, my favorite essential oil. I figured if it was good enough for Jesus, it was good enough for me. Very expensive essential oil. It was the gift that was brought in one of the three gifts by the wise men. I believe that Mary had a pint of this and she broke that jar and poured the perfume on his head. And some of those who were present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste this perfume? It would have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Some of you are here today, and your family and friends, if they knew the amount that you're going to give in a little bit, they would rebuke you harshly. But I want you to hear what Jesus says to you. He said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her if she has done a beautiful thing to me? Now, just picture this. She's broken this pint of oil she's poured it started on his head then it's on his feet and then she's wiping his feet dry with her hair it's kind of awkward matter of fact it says that the whole house began to smell from the perfume but jesus said that was a beautiful thing and then he goes on the poor you'll have with you always and you can help them anytime you want but you will not always have me." She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Now, I think that Mary's a slow learner, but Mary got it. Because if you go to John chapter 11, the story shared there how that Mary's brother Lazarus was sick. Not only was he sick, but he ultimately died. And throughout that chapter, Jesus is telling everybody who will listen, He's not going to die. And his death is going to be for the glory of God. And so when he gets to Bethany, where Lazarus' body has been in the ground or in the the, uh, cave for four days, he asks, where is he at? And Mary says these words to him. If only you had been here, Jesus. Everybody, the whole crowd was saying the same thing. This is Jesus' friend. He's healed everybody that that could get within reach of him. If he had been here, his friend wouldn't have died. Mary and Martha's brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said these famous words, Lazarus, come forth. And in his grave clothes, he stumbles out. You know, the reason why Mary gave a year's worth of perfume for Jesus is because she was listening. That time she didn't listen. When Jesus had told her, your brother's going to, he's not dead. This is for God's glory. She wasn't listening then. Why? Because she was emotionally distraught. He's gone. And now he was back. And this had only happened probably two months before. And then Jesus had been telling his disciples, Guys, my time is coming up. I'm going to be killed. The disciples weren't listening. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, we got swords. We'll keep that from happening, Jesus. And Mary's remembering this. And I think she probably lived just a few houses down, and she goes and gets this perfume, and she pours it out on Jesus. You see, Jesus' body was never treated with any kind of oils. This is how his body was prepared. And Jesus says these words, truly I tell you in verse nine, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. But there's a dark side to this story in verse 10. It says, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief's, chief priest to betray Jesus to them. And they were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. How much money did they promise him? 30 pieces of silver. And so he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. I think that these past four weeks, many of us probably have been battling with how do we approach today? I think many of us have been battling with 30 or 300. Not really the number 300 and not really the number 30, but what they represent. You see, God does not reward the amount. He rewards the heart. If you get nothing else today, that is the message. Yesterday, uh, a few of us went over to O'Fallon at First Baptist O'Fallon and uh, the Walk Through the Bible NT Live event. Some of y'all were here for the Old Testament Live. We went through the New Testament Live. And two of the uh, hand motions was that Jesus prayed and then he was betrayed. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver back then would be in today's money about $600. And yet Mary, she pours out this expensive perfume. And this expensive perfume, they told us, is valued at a year's wages. Let's just be conservative and say $25,000. But remember, it's not about the amount. It's not about $600 or $25,000. It's about the heart. where was Judas's heart? The Bible says you cannot serve God and money. Either you will respect one and despise the other. Which one do you think Judas respected? Yeah. Which one do you think Mary loved? Jesus. You see, it's only through gratitude I believe that we can experience that level of generosity that Mary demonstrated. And so I ask you this question, what does your 30 or what does your 300 look like? You see, 30 is what's holding you back. It's what you've rationalized that you'll lose. It's what will keep you from being obedient today. The 300 is what your cross looks like. Luke 9, verses 23 through 25, read accordingly. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, he would deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Many of you today, your cross is that amount that you've been carrying around for the last four weeks. That amount that you've been arguing back and forth with God. That amount that you've been trying to convince your spouse isn't the right amount. That amount that you mistakenly called your pastor and found out that it was bigger than the amount that you thought. Yesterday... uh, Tim shared with us that 66% of church attenders do not have a relationship with God. This is not us making these numbers up. This was a survey done by people who attend church regularly by the George Barna group. Undoubtedly, some of you here today, the cross that you need to pick up is a relationship with God. You've never established that. You don't really understand what I'm talking to you about. I would encourage you that in front of you there's these pink cards, these decision cards and I'd pull those out and I'd look at it and I'd read it through. Because the Christ that we serve is a Christ that is gracious, merciful, is full of love. That same Christ wants to be your Savior. That same Christ wants to deliver you from all that's holding you back. That same Christ wants you to experience an eternity with him. Verse 24 in Luke chapter 9, it says these words, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake We'll save it. Verse 25, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Let me kind of explain what that means. For what does it profit if a man gains the whole world? You know what the whole world looked like to Judas? 30 pieces of silver. Do you know what the whole world looked like to Mary? An expensive bottle of perfume that was worth a year's wages. What does your whole world look like? What is holding you back? Is it that promotion that you're just wanting to get? And like you'd give up anything to get the promotion. Is it the the land a particular lady that you are in love with right now and you're convinced that God, if if I could just have a relationship with her, everything would be fine. And yet you're giving up on your relationship with God to pursue. Is it the desire to be independently wealthy? Is it a relationship with your children or your grandchildren? How could that be? There are people that won't be in church today because of that. Don't let your whole world forfeit what God has planned in your life. So many people do. So many people fail to step out in obedience. And what they don't realize is what's on the other side of obedience. They don't realize the blessings that are on the other side. They don't realize what God has in store for them, but he can't activate that because we are being disobedient. Just a few minutes, we're going to sing a song called The Goodness of God. If you've come prepared and you want to be a part of our March 6th offering, after I pray, I'm going to open up that box and I would encourage you to bring whatever that is. If that's not you this, this week, it's okay. Just be obedient to God. If you came today and you realize that, you know what, I came in here unprepared almost intentionally, um, I would tell you this, that uh, you can eat, still use online, you can... Still, within the next 24 hours, they won't count until tomorrow. Don't let whatever it is that's been holding you back hold you back today for what God has in store for you. Worship team, if you'll come forward. If you would, stand to your feet. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much that you brought us as a group of believers to this point. God, this is a scary point for many. God, many don't quite understand what you're doing in their lives. And yet they are with feeble feet are going to walk out and trust in faith. And God, you are going to bless in a way that they could never imagine. God, there are some that they can't wait for me to say amen, Lord, and and to deposit the offering that you have laid on their heart. God, because they've seen you work and they expect to see you work again. Lord, I pray that you would be magnified and glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.